Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Executive functions. I get a lot of calls, a lot of emails from parents, from school staff. And the topic is executive functioning. I've learned a lot working with my buddy, Brandon Slade at Stride Learning, um, who's an expert in executive functioning. And, and he's really helped me under, get a better understanding on this thing that's become such a, a buzz phrase in, in schools and in homes when it comes to our youth. So first off, if you're intimidated by the phrase, as I initially was, because I didn't know what it, what it meant, and I should have. I just heard people saying they had like executive functioning coaches, and I was like, whoa, what's that? Um, and we know if we don't understand something, it can be highly intimidating. So the first step is let's jump in and have a better understanding of it so we don't have to be afraid of it. And so there's a lot of lists of what the executive functions are, but this is, um, this is the one that, that, that I like to use. Uh, the first executive function is activation. Then there's action, memory, emotion, effort, and focus. And I'll dive into each of those six a little bit more. So when I say activation, I'm talking about organizing, prioritizing, and, and starting your work. The act of starting. Now, when I say action, I'm talking about monitoring and regulating, self-regulating those actions. When I say memory, I'm talking about utilizing working memory and short-term recall. When it comes to emotion, the fourth, we're talking about managing frustrations, regulating your emotions, managing your emotions, basically, self-regulation. When I say effort, I'm talking about regulating alertness and being able to sustain effort. It's like staying on task, sustaining that effort. And then focus. With focus, I'm just talking about that, being able to be focused and also sustaining that focus and an ability to shift your attention based on the task. Okay. So now you know what the executive functions are. Hopefully that demystified them a bit and you have a better understanding. Because these things have been around forever. Young people, people in general, have had difficulty organizing, prioritizing, starting something, staying on task, monitoring themselves, trouble with memory, managing their frustrations, their distractions, regulating their alertness and being able to sustain an effort on something that is difficult. Yeah, this has been around forever. Now, we, we know new things about the brain, and we know new ways to, uh, to help develop these executive functions, but you don't need to be intimidated by this phrase. Parents have been doing this work forever. Sweetheart, did you set your book bag out? Are you ready for tomorrow? Did you take a peek at the calendar to see what's coming up? Can you keep your hands to yourself? Do you need to take some deep breaths? Do you need to go for a walk outside? Sweetheart, over here. Need you to look over here. Can you set that down so you can pay attention? 
Maybe you need to use the restroom so you're just not so antsy. This is all executive functioning. And it's difficult for everybody. It's very difficult. But it's a thing that makes us human. And ultimately, it's a thing that makes us successful in school, our careers, our relationships. The ability to regulate and serve our best self. So much of executive functioning is about thinking about your future self and doing things now to improve your life in the future. Because right now, yeah, I don't want to organize. I don't want to prioritize. I don't want to start anything difficult right now. No. In the moment, nobody really does when it comes to things that are difficult. So it is the practice of taking on a future orientation and thinking about what can I do now to better serve my future self. And that takes time. It does. As a parent, if you're listening to this, I don't need to know you to know that there's many of these that you need to improve on. As do I. Constantly battling to improve my executive functioning. For sure. So I'm going to talk about three main ways that we can help our young people develop these executive functions. The first one, which may be the biggest one, is stop doing it for them. Julie Lifecott Hames, who is a speaker and author, and she wrote uh, How to Raise an Adult, which is an amazing book. She talks about how kids learn things in a four-step process. Step one, you do it, they watch. Step two, the two of you do it together, or the three of you. Step three, they do it, you watch. And step four, buckle up. They do it, and you don't watch. So I'm seeing so much of this. I'm seeing school staff and parents really concerned or complaining about the lack of executive functioning in their children. But then I also see school staff and parents and other adults taking care of these things for them. How can we expect them to learn to organize, prioritize, when we're doing the organization and the prioritizing? How do we expect them to self monitor and self-regulate when we're the ones constantly monitoring them, telling them to, to get back on task and to put that down and get back to work? How about when we become their memory? That's okay that you forgot it. I remembered. We can be their short-term recall for them. Why would I need to remember that? My mom remembers it. My dad remembers it. My teacher will. How are these young people supposed to learn to to focus and be able to sustain effort on a difficult project, difficult paper, difficult endeavor, when it's us hovering above and making sure with our supervision and our redirects that they stay on task? As I often say, so many young people have not been allowed to be in the driver's seat of their lives. I talk about the difference, the difference in the experience of driving versus sitting in a passenger seat. Think about it. When you're driving, you need all these executive functions. You need to plan, prioritize, look at the clock, make sure you leave on time, make sure everything's in the car, so gas in the tank, plan a route, estimate the arrival time, 
Maybe you have an app to do this, but you still need to use the app. When you're out there driving, you got to be scanning the environment. Hands on the steering wheel, 10 and 2. Checking out your blind spot. Defensive driving. Am I headed in the right direction? Am I taking the right path? These are executive functions. Now think about how different the experience is of sitting in the passenger seat. You don't need to pay attention to any of that. You don't need to focus what time it is. You don't need to focus on the path. Are we lost? Where do we take a right? Where do we take a left? Do we need more gas? Do we need to plan for heavier traffic? No. You just check out. Pull out that iPhone. It's a totally different experience. Now, I use that as an example for, for young people in their lives. So many of them are checked out on these executive functions that we're concerned about because we're taking care of them for them. We can't expect these young people to develop them without putting them in the driver's seat of their lives. So just like when you put a young person in the driver's seat of, of a car, initially you can expect a few things. Yeah, you're going to run out of gas. You're going to be late. Get in an accident. Fender bender. They're going to get lost. They're going to be frustrated. It's going to be a little dangerous. So the main thing that I see with executive functions and the way that I talk to parents is, look at those four steps. With each task, where are we on this four-step process? Are we currently on step two, where we're doing it together? Are we currently on step three, with they do it, I watch? Are we currently on step four? where they do it and I don't watch. And then here's the thing about building self-efficacy in your kid is you don't go back steps. If we're at the step where you remember to take your homework to class or bring your iPad with you in your bag to, to school, well, then we don't go backwards. I don't drive it to the school for you because you forgot. We always want to be progressing up that four-step process. So think about all these different things, whether it's like household chores, social events, academic expectations. What step are we on with this individual task? And we're going to work together to progress up these steps. And because I love you and because I know how executive functioning works and self-efficacy and all these things, we're not going to go back steps. So that's the first thing. Oh, and one more thing about that. These executive functions really, um, their primary location in the brain is that prefrontal cortex, that frontal lobe. And it's cheesy, but I saw a picture recently of, uh, of some parent form or something, and it just says, I lobe you. I think that's what we do for our kids. We care about them so much. We love them so much that we become their frontal lobe. We become their executive functions. Okay, so the second thing that I will say, with executive functions, because they're not easy, because they take time, we need to create systems. We need to create routines. We need to create habits. We need to create rituals. 
By the way, I try to throw out those four different words as options for young people to see which one they like the best. All pretty much the same thing. Do you want to create systems that help you out? Do you need to create more routines to live the life you want to live? Is it about creating habits so that you can do this school thing? Do you need to create more rituals that serve you? So finding the vocabulary that they prefer. That's the thing. The brain is lazy. How the brain conserves energy is by creating habits, making things automatic. If the brain had its way, everything we'd do during the day would just be automatic, habitual. We wouldn't have to think about it. That's how it works. Think about when you learn to tie your shoe. It takes all your brain power. It's really difficult. So the brain says, well, we can't have this. We got to make this easier. So you do it over and over and over again, and it becomes automatic. You don't have to think about it. It becomes wired in there. Here's the frustrating thing about the brain. The brain doesn't care if you're introducing positive or negative habits. It doesn't mind. Oh, is that a pun? It doesn't mind? The brain? Um, that was really bad. I apologize. Moving forward. So whether you're introducing positive or negative routines, habit systems, brain doesn't matter. It doesn't care. So you get to decide. Now, these executive functions are greatly improved, solidified by creating habits. So think about that. What habits, what routines, what rituals can be created? On average, a habit takes 19 days to nine months to create. On average, 66 days. I use that figure. It takes 66 days to create a habit. Why I like that figure is because of the school year. When young people come in at the beginning of the school, you're like, I'm motivated. I'm motivated to do this. And I say, well, motivation isn't going to get anything done this school year. Motivation is an emotion. It comes and it goes. It's fleeting. What will get something done, what will get a goal accomplished is creating a habit. And so if you create a habit at the beginning of the school year, call it the, the, the end of August, Well, that habit, that routine, that system will be in place, will be solidified, will become automatic, you know, mid-late October. And that's usually when things fall apart for students. So it's not going to be about your child's motivation to get these executive functions into place. It's going to be about identifying what routines and habits need to be created So that that organization, that planning, that focus, that sustaining effort, that regulating move and behavior is easier. Finally, in creating executive functions, strengthening them. Give me your last 15 and your first 15. Say that to people all the time. Give me your last 15 and your first 15. What do I mean by that? The last 15 minutes of your day and the first 15 minutes of your day. Change those. Everything changes. I've never met somebody who kills it on the last 15 and the first 15, who doesn't have a a great day, where that attention to detail, those executive functions, that organizing, planning, where they set themselves up for success in the first 15 and then just fall apart. It usually doesn't happen. So, and think about it. That's a half hour. That's a half hour out of your day. And I love this math which is a half hour out of your day is 2% of your day. Do you have 2% to change your whole life completely? 
We think we don't have the time. That's one of the things that I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. You don't have 2%. You don't have 15 minutes at the beginning of the day, 15 minutes at the end of the day. The vast majority of us do. And what I mean by that is in that last 15, looking at our tomorrow self, tomorrow you. I had the thought recently that when one of my buddies was coming to town, I'm so thoughtful to house guests. I was asking him what he likes to eat and, and what beverages and because I wanted to have the fridge full of things that he would like. Got the sheets out for the, for the guest bed, made the bed, cleaned that. Everything was perfect in there. Um, made sure to, to look at all these different details so that my friend's stay with me could be better. Now, I don't treat myself that well. I don't treat tomorrow me that well. Actually, I, I, I usually treat him pretty poorly. We are creatures of a day. We kind of have this weird relationship with a day in that it's like, oh, I don't want to do it. That other person, that tomorrow me will do it. And we act like it's like a different person. Like we won't have to wake up and, 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 and clean up the mess or get ready for the day or grab that thing we need to grab for the, for the presentation. So, in just an interesting, maybe uh, uh, funny, playful way, I've begun to name my tomorrow self. My tomorrow self's name is Tick. So, Nick, and then T for tomorrow, Tick. Or I guess you could do day by day, like my Monday me would be Mick, Tuesday me would be Tick. We got Wednesday Wick, Thursday Thick, Friday Frick. Saturday sick, Sunday sick. Maybe I'll just stick with tick because some of those aren't so great. Sick and frick. So yeah, back to tomorrow me whose name is tick. I try to spend 15 minutes at the end of the day doing something nice, doing a few things that will benefit tick so that he can have a better morning and therefore have a better day. What are the, some of the things that I do for tick that I hope other people do? Well, I check his calendar for tomorrow so he's not surprised by anything. So he can feel more confident entering the day and aware of what's ahead. I set out his clothes. And I set out Tick's clothes in the order that Tick puts on the clothes. Because Tick is sort of an idiot and and out of sorts and stumbling around in the morning. So because Tick is out of sorts and, and finds it difficult to do most things, I try to make things easy for him. So I set out those clothes, check the calendar. I put all his things by the door. I put his bag that's organized, his shoes, and a real solid that I like to do for Tick is I actually put the socks in the shoes for Tick. Tick really likes that. So this doesn't take too much time. One of the ones I love is, uh, uh, I was mentioning Brandon earlier, but Brandon Slade with, with Stride Learning, who I've learned so much about executive functioning from, he goes next level. Uh, he actually puts the toothpaste on his tomorrow self's toothbrush. Just to remind tomorrow self, just another nice thing to do. So that's, that's the last 15. Setting yourself up for success in the morning. It's amazing how 15 minutes, hey, who knows? Maybe start with five, maybe start with 10. Whatever's doable. You'll be so surprised how different the morning goes and therefore your momentum into the day. Now, the first 15, when you wake up, 
I try to introduce people to something called the starting five. Pick five actions, intentional behaviors, exercises that will set you up for success, that are there to serve you, that take care of you physically, intellectually, emotionally, socially, but you've decided what they are and they're for you. So many of our young people get on a losing streak. First thing in the morning, they hit the snooze bar three times, four times. Then they're running late. They don't have time to shower. They don't have time to eat breakfast. Parent is frustrated with them, so uh, the parent yells at them. They miss the bus, so the parent has to give them a ride to, the, to, to class, to school. And that's an unpleasant ride. They get to school late. They're tardy. They arrive to class late. A teacher says something passive-aggressive. What is that, like 12 losses, straight losses? So I'd like to introduce the idea to people about getting on a win streak. First thing, if you can, and it's a difficult one, get out of bed without hitting the snooze bar. Huge victory. What else can be one of these selections for a starting five? Drinking a glass of water, maybe a breathing exercise, opening the blinds, getting that sunlight in, starting that body, starting that bio clock. Water a plant, make your bed, eat a good breakfast, walk the dog, do three gratitudes. You sit there and, and start every morning about thinking about three things that you're grateful for. Meditate for a minute, for two minutes. Do a little mindfulness exercise. Stretch. These things don't take long. And I tell you, if you pick five of these and you do them, the positive momentum that you will take into the day is crazy. You'll feel so much better about yourself. Your self-esteem is higher. Your confidence is higher. You're not running behind. You do have time to eat breakfast. You do not feel rushed. You are not just reacting to the day. So many people are just rushing, reacting throughout the day, and they never catch their breath. So the final thing I'll talk about is executive functioning is, do you have 2%? Can you give me the last 15 and the first 15? Are you willing to look at that and, and change the routine, change the system to something that serves yourself? Not only in the morning, but moving forward throughout your life. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, Perspective fourparents.com spelled out that's perspective the number four parents.com thanks again